Peter, how are you? How you been this week? Oh, I'm good. How are you, Jonathan? I am, well, I'm uh, bewildered and confused by this new episode. But hey, oh, let's mention what we're doing. Um, this is a podcast. It's called Moon Knight and the Morning After. Moon Knight, the Morning After. Because we talk about Moon Knight, the Morning After, the new uh, Disney Plus um, uh, kind of uh, Moon Knight uh, comic book hero question mark series uh, comes out. And wow, episode four this week was, what do you think it was? Oh my God. How do you describe it? Like so much happened. You started thinking it'll be this one thing. And then when you get towards the end, it turns into this entirely other thing. And I'm like, what? Yeah. What is going on? Right. So when we uh, last saw Moon Knight, end of episode three, um, Khonshu and uh, Steven, uh, the uh, intellectual um, personality within the body that also has Mark Spector were doing a kind of kaleidoscopic turn back the night sky. Um, and, and the gods imprisoned Khonshu. They were real uptight about it. I know. Like, so now um, Stephen and Mark, they're left without the suit, which means that if they get in any trouble... They can't get any of the healing powers or weapons that come with Khonshu's protection. Because Khonshu has been trapped in a little itty-bitty stone figurine. Very, very small. In a tomb with a lot of other statues. Right. So at the beginning of this episode four, this, this week's, which honestly the name I don't even remember. But hey, it still doesn't have anything about the goldfish, which is just a big plot hole. You know what? Um, what? We do actually get to see a glimpse of the goldfish later in the episode. Do we? Oh, yes, yes. <clears throat> but uh, now, we'll, okay. get, we'll get to that. <coughs> so, <laughs> right. So at the beginning of this one, we see Khonshu, who is now just an action figure trapped in stone. He's set into a wall inside the temple of the pyramid of giza which by the way in real life there is not some great big chamber with a bunch of torches in it and... although it does sound kind of cool well that sentence. would be very groovy but that's not how the pyramid is actually made um anyway so he's set in there and there are a whole bunch of other gods that have just been in prison apparently the few gods that are left are just kind of punishment happy they're just like you know i think they're mm. kind of jerks for just like basically being like Here's how I imagine it. I imagine mm-hmm. it was this whole big group. And they're like, okay, you're not cool. You're not cool. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, okay, but we only do this for a few people. But then as things turn around and the group gets smaller, it's like, okay, I'm going to say, let's just use the executive function and say, you're imprisoned, you're imprisoned, you're imprisoned. And totally. they just got more trigger happy. Egyptian gods kind of remind me of the French Revolution, right? Yeah, 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 like with Robespierre, it's like, oh, you think, oh, you're going to start sending people off to the guillotine, it's just going to be a few nobles. But once you start chopping off heads, nah, it goes off. It just keeps on going, like like an Aztec execution. Mm -hmm. The pile of heads gets bigger and bigger. And in this case, it's statues. 
And there's not even like a term. It's not they're saying to Khonshu, listen, you made the stars move in the sky. So we're going to imprison you for 30 years. They just say, you're in a little statue. Exactly. Yeah. And so that leaves, you know, like, Con, like uh, Mark and Stephen and Layla, who's with them, they have no supernatural help whatsoever. No. So now they decide to go to the tomb, uh, Amit's tomb, mm-hmm. where uh, Harrow is, um, to try and stop Harrow themselves without Khonshu's help, which is something I didn't predict. I thought that they'd go off this little side quest and try and save Khonshu, but hey, I was proven wrong. Yeah. Okay. So, like, uh, they that the the sacrifice of Khonshu to be made into a statue and no longer have powers anywhere in the world was just in order to get our main characters to the tomb of Amit. Mm-hmm. And now they, it seems like they don't really know what they're doing. Well, exactly. But you, you kind of have to wing it. And now that Stephen is in control, you know, uh, we have Mark sort of talking to him like, hey, 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 Stephen, let me be in control. Hey, come on, man. And then Stephen's like, oh, I'm not exactly sure. I think I got this. You know, you've got to be the hero a whole bunch of times. I'm going to try a role. And hey, Layla kind of seems nice. I'm going to, you know, keep her company. And then, like, Mark's like, oh, you keep away from her and you give me back the body. But Mark just, like, totally divorced her. So, like, what? Like, back off, dude. Like, if you don't (laughs) want her, like, let your alter ego have a shot. Yeah, actually, that's the funny thing. Uh, On the car ride to the uh, tomb, you know, uh, Layla, you know, Stephen let Layla know about the deal of, like, okay, once Khonshu is, like, separated from Mark, the body would be mine. Mm. And then Layla was like, well, shouldn't you have let me know? And then Stephen was like, well, you know, didn't Mark already kind of leave you? Which is like, man, I mean... Yeah. Like, Stephen, I I didn't see this in his character, but he's kind of making bold moves here, you know? Well, he's like, you know, he's actually intelligent and capable. And Mark is just like, I... I'm good at killing things. Okay. Yeah. Well, it, it seems like Steven's really stepping up to the plate on this one and he's mm-hmm. kind of proving himself to be more capable. And I think it's it's interesting. It's like the inner part of himself just one, can't wait to just be in control of the body again. And two, it's like, oh no, I'm gonna step into these shoes that I've been given. I can do this too, Mark. Guess what? You're not the only one. Yeah, 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 absolutely. So the task before them is to enter the tomb of Amit, um, where, okay, there's a whole bunch of blood around when they get in there. Oh, God, and, yeah. Okay, so apparently the inside of this whole tomb is shaped like the Eye of Horus, which is a an ancient symbol from the uh, ancient Egyptians. Right. Uh, they, they had this sort of interesting tomb rating scene where uh, Stephen was able to figure that out. And... Uh, Particularly the part of the Eye of Horus called the Tongue. And uh, Layla, she was able to infer that, hey, since uh, the Avatar of Amit is kind of like the voice, that seems to be the path that we should go towards. So, 
uh, they go towards that section, mm. that, that path. And then, yes, we happen upon this very creepy room with, like, ingredients and everything. And also, like, a very bloody table surrounded by jars. Surrounded by jars. These are uh, canopic urns, I think is the mm. term. They have uh, the anim animal heads on top of them. And so, essentially, this is an embalming room. Tell, tell me about that. How about okay. the embalming Well, okay. Room? Yeah. So, ancient Egypt. All right. Desert. Dry. Right? So, uh, very long ago, the Egyptians sort of noticed that under certain conditions, bodies didn't really rot very quickly. And mm. there was dryness, but then they learned to use other chemicals to enhance it even further. And they would remove the internal organs because those have a lot of bacteria in them and right. tend to break down. So you take those out uh, and you put them in, they put, would put those in these little jars, these canopic urns. Mm. Um, but um, in this, there's this table, big table, stone kind of thing. And there's fresh blood on it. With those canopic urns all around. And all of these so bodies... something has been using them. Yeah. And there have been all like these, all this blood, these skeletons and everything. And then all of a sudden we hear gunfire in the distance. And then this weird clicking sound. And so Layla and Steven, they hide. And then this weird sort of figure drags one of the henchmen... Uh, which turns out to be one of the uh, fake policemen that we see uh, a couple episodes ago. Oh, is that who he was? Yes, the, 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 the guy with the beard. The, he uh, was a fake cop. cop who arrested Stephen a while ago. Now he's a dead body. and Yeah, well, he, he was moaning, but this uh, guy, this uh, fear, this sort of old mummy sort of protector of the tomb was like, eh, do doesn't matter. Live or dead, I'm going to embalm you alive. And so he like takes this thing and then basically just stabs it into the chest. I mean, let's just say like this episode got pretty dark for Marvel. I couldn't believe that I was watching a Disney show for a moment. Yeah, but you know what? I kind of felt like this part was ripped off from this video game. Oh, what's the one that I'm thinking of? It's the one where there are these dragons and you're going around kind of on horses and doing yeah. adventures and quests. Dungeons and Dragons? No, well, it's like inspired by Dungeons and Dragons, but you could become a, a cat or something. What's the name of that one? Mm. Um, you, I don't know. I've seen you playing this, man. What do you mean? It's the one that has these kind of draugers, they're called. Oh, oh, Skyrim. Skyrim or Scream, as I call it. Um, Do you think that this is sort of based off the dungeons? In yes, the Draugr's where there are all these embalming tools and these, mm. you know, kind of mummy wraith things. That I are do think that, that is kind of similar. Yes, yeah. But not quite. Uh, but yes, I, I, I do see your point. So um, it turns out that, like, uh, as, as shown on the wall of this tomb, it was shown that there are these protectors of the tomb that were given. And... Um, uh, some some of these protectors apparently, you know, took some of Harrow's men and decided to kill them, basically. And so now Layla and Stephen they're stuck in this room, while this guy's being embalmed alive, 
And then Layla tips over the jar and it, the thing stops. And it walks over and then Stephen, he's surprised he takes a big intake. We get a very scary scene where the protector jumps onto the embalming table and crawls towards Stephen until Layla throws a jar and distracts it and Mark pushes a cart and squishes oh, the, yeah. the, the protector, at least temporarily. But there's at least a, one other of them and it's not like some slow shambling mummy that's going, oh, right? It's no. like really athletic and it's moving its joints in weird ways and... Totally, I'm gonna get you kind of jumpy, scary. Oh, things. totally, yeah, yeah. And so, okay, here's the thing: the plot point that gets confusing Tell me for that. me, and I think I understand it. But they were supposed to go to Ahmed's tomb, okay? Right, right, right. Ahmed's tomb, where Ahmed is buried. Da 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 da. But it turns out those these weird mummy embalmer things are protecting somebody else. It's actually somebody else's tomb, and Ahmed is just kind of like a, a piggyback. Well, yes, that's true, because um, after the whole incident, um, Stephen and Layla go different directions. And Stephen, he happens upon the uh, Pharaoh's tomb, which who it turns out to be Alexander the Great. Now, I uh, briefly, you know, sort of skimmed, looked up, uh, Alexander the Great's tomb, and apparently it is theorized that he may have been buried in Egypt. So there is some credibility. Maybe. Maybe. Died in what is now northern India. Mm. And like, you know, that's, yeah, that's a long way to drag a guy. And, but um, what is true is that one of uh, Alexander the Great's top generals uh, took the territory that had been part of this great Greek Macedonian Empire, the part which was Egypt, and um, became the pharaoh, the next pharaoh there. And his name was Ptolemy, and uh, Cleopatra was a descendant of Ptolemy. Um, so, yeah, Alexander the Great is kind of historically connected to that, but then uh, lots of his other generals went and seized other parts of the empire. Did, didn't Alexander the Great declare himself pharaoh? Uh, he said lots of things. Yeah, he said. Anyway, according to the uh, said, canon of this show, I think this may explain some, some away some of your confusion. He was the previous voice of Ahmet. Well, he was supposed to have been... A, an avatar of, of wait, Amit or Khonshu? Amit. Amit. Oh, totally Amit. Amit. So, so that's why oh. when uh, Stephen, you know, he, uh, he uh, sort of broke open the old Alexander the Great's jaw, and he fa- that, that's why he found Amit's statue. Inside the, 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 the throat or stomach of Alexander the Great. Exactly. Uh, because, you know... So 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 it, it makes more sense though. It's it's not just Ahmet's tomb. But, okay, you know. so it's Ahmet, and then Alexander the Great was just an avatar. Yes, and which and is why he was so great. You so have he, to wonder yeah. where those other tunnels lead, which I I'd be curious to explore. Lots of them. Yeah. Yeah. But um, anyway, that's what Stephen's going through, and then what does Layla go through? Layla finds 
uh, the pit of despair, this bottomless pit that goes down uh, so far, and there's a thin stone ledge, and she's yes. going to try to go along it, but guess what? It crumbles as she's it's hopping across it. It's very video gamey, isn't it? It is a little video gamey. And it, it when you see a stone me... ledge these days, you just know it's going to fall down, so exactly. come on. It, it kind of reminds me of that... Uh scene in the hobbit movie where you have those giants there and uh, all those dwarves were on the thinstone ledge but yes you're right like thinstone ledge like you know nowadays it's it's not that big a deal and you know it kind of reminds me of like a tomb raidery video games or indiana jones very indiana jones-esque you know yes running around the tombs and everything and while she's trying to do that one of these dark embalming mummy monster things grabs her and pulls her into a crevice very frightening oh man we think that she's totally dead but can Layla die no apparently not not no. that easy she can apparently break a forelimb cause she comes out with the uh you know uh dead mummy protector guy's hand and he comes after her trying to stab her with his now exposed uh, arm bone. And yeah, that's pretty wicked. She like stab. She 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 does this epic thing of where where she takes a flare and then she stabs into the eyeball and throws it off. And we thought that they both go off together, but she manages to do the pretty much impossible move, but still cool anyway. Move of hanging onto the uh, with know, her fingertips. Cr- cliff crevice it's like yeah you fall off and you manage to you know cling onto something oh to your finger i that's I not easy I, i'm not sure i could do it i wrestle skeletal figures all the time but whenever i fall into a bottomless pit i'm i tumble all the way to the bottom you know what that's what happens to I, me i am a like expert clip like you know climber like yeah. stone climber and i can tell you that it's really hard to do that, just jumping off a ledge and then grabbing onto a crevice. Oh, yeah. yeah. But then something experts even worse guys, happens, these right? These are experts talking. So Arthur Harrow comes, and he like, he's like, he's like actually really um, kind of groovy. And I can't, Gro- look, Groovy's like, one way to say I mean, it. He was kind of really ominous in the shadows. He's just low-key, man. He's not, you know, uptight. He, he, like kind of like, Mark what's up? He's just like... Hey, I'm going to sit down, like, you know, on the edge of this bottomless hole. Just kind of lean on my cane and one of my elbows, because I'm, like, casual. And just say, hey there, Layla. You know, I got truths about Mark Spector. And then he's playing this kind of... You would like to know more about your father. And guess what? They're connected. And he, uh, he, he does this thing where he's like... Yes, I use the balances on him, see? And the balances never lie. And he kind of tries to say something, imply something without lying. Yeah, but lying. it's all like implyful, right? So then he never like, kind of, uh, he never really says it until he hears from Layla what he wants her to he believe. he doesn't say it. He's like, hey, Layla, wah, what do you think this dark secret is that I've got? And then he's like, then she's questions. like, oh, what? He killed, he killed my father. It's like you, you said it. I hope that this thing, you know, now that you know some things, that there's good closure, and that you could maybe make things easier for me by dealing with it. 
Oh, but I do have these like, you know, 20 guys with, you know, rifles. That, but yes. but they're not appearing then. It's like Arthur Harrow. Arthur Harrow does this thing of like I'm all casual and everything's all cool and just you know. And then groovy. I'm. It's like you know a calm guy with a cane and everything, you know, walking on broken glass. That's a guy who you want to help. You know, like walking on broken may, glass. Maybe help to the hospital. But it's kind of hard to walk a guy to the hospital when he's surrounded by a bunch of loyal. Man with guns. So yeah, then he's right. It's not dude. exactly convincing National anyone that, 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 that he's like a, a groovy guy. He's just kind of, yeah. oh yeah, he's a cult leader. It's like, the line is surprisingly thin. Well, what is cult leader, really? What is a cult other than, you know, a guy who's groovy, who's got guns? Yeah. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Now we're going to have the National Rifle yeah. Association people angry with us. All right, well, you can totally shoot at your iPhone, and that's the best way for you to attack this podcast. So go ahead, shoot your phone. Honestly, that might be the best thing you guys can do for yourselves, because then you'll be letting your anger out, and you'll be, like, dunking on the NSA. So, hey, anti-government, pro-gun types, shoot your phones. Isolate yourself from the rest of society. Yes, destroy the phone that disrespects your gun rats. Okay. Yee-haw, yippee-ki-yay. <laughs> Barbecue. Uh-huh. All right. But, okay, so far, everything that we've described yes. with Moon Knight has been absolutely sort of, I mean, honestly, pretty much what we've come to expect in the previous three episodes, right? I suppose so. I mean, I, I wasn't expecting us to get to Ahmed's tune this soon. Okay, okay, Were okay. you? Well, I, I, honestly, I, I, I was expecting us to go save Conchu. I thought that was the next step. Well, there's all this dig, dig, says Harrow, and then it's like a crack in the side of the mountain, oh. uh, which is like, okay. Um, uh, here it is. Anyway, they're good diggers. But, okay, we're going to try something new in the podcast, which is to do this anchor uh, ambassador kind of advertisement which is a thing about telling you that what's so awesome about using anchor for podcasting um so i'm gonna like click the thingy here that to, to end this as a segment and the thing that is traditionally said is we're gonna take a break now which is all of these podcast episodes hosts say that's typically like, what podcasters i know do, but right? really, they're not it's not a break do you need a break peter are you well, tired now? We've been talking for. Uh, 20 I could minutes. take a drink of something. Maybe oh, we should take a break. Can't go on much longer. I anyway, oh, we I'm so exhausted. are about to take Water, a break. A break. Thank I'm breaking. Down. We'll be right back after the message. Bye. And we are back. Okay, actually, we didn't leave anywhere. We're totally sitting in these two rocking chairs, and I didn't even get up. To get like a chocolate bar or anything. And Peter, let's be honest here. Like Stephen would have us be. And tell the truth, you didn't move. We never went anywhere. Well, maybe you didn't go anywhere. I took a special trip to China and enjoyed the Great Wall. Well, I am so glad I had that break because I was pretty tired. You know, here's a message uh, from our sponsors? What the heck is... This advertising language really leaves me cold. we got to yeah. have a new way to talk about it. Maybe so, we should leave it in hieroglyphs. I want to have a pledge that if we're doing advertisements in this podcast, we're going to be we're gonna be honest about them. Because yep. let's say this, 
straight. Some of the companies that do sponsorships for podcasts are they are bad guys. Like I say, Arthur Harrow, the Amit's avatar guy who yeah. does the scales of justice, crocodile goddess stuff. I mean, there's there's good reason to say like he's actually trying to do something okay. He's a groovy guy. A lot of these sponsors, well, that's companies opinion. are just super villains. They are mm-hmm. polluting the planet. They are not paying their workers very well. And they're kind of being dishonest about their goals. Like, remember oh, yeah. when, you know, like earlier, like, like for example, climate change, like, oh, yes, we're going to save the planet. And now it's like, well, maybe we can mitigate it with like some equal measure. Let's do a compromise between destroying the planet and maybe oh, doing yeah. something. Don't get me started 2050. on net zero. Net zero means let's just close our eyes and pretend that we have and magic say, la, 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 and say ooh that, that oh my carbon. god it's it doesn't work guys. Already? It doesn't work and all of those tree planting programs, okay not all of them about 25% of them are legit. Like 75% of those tree planting programs are garbage. They're actually cutting down forests for it and oh my god you're going to make the whole planet look like Egypt. And then you're going to be in a tomb and there's going to be someone trying to embalm you. And then you'll be sorry from buying whatever our sponsors are Maybe selling. there are some things that the French Revolution got right. Anyway, da, 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 is da, this... Da, 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 I'm not da, advocating da, da. for violence. I'm not. Okay. Anyway, this yes. is a Moon Knight podcast. That's totally what it's about and so not about all those other things. have we left off? Well, okay... There, there is Stephen, uh, and he's like saying, "Okay, Mark, you take over because there's a bunch of guys with rifles, and Mark's well, getting ready not, to be not, a wait, not that exactly what like that. No, uh, it was after like uh, where Harrow sort of implies to Layla that Mark was included in her father's death, and that that was a sort of oh, they totally confronted. like a sub conflict yeah. in this entire show." And so she goes up and she's like, okay, Stephen, I'm a little too pissed off to be talking to you. I want to talk to Mark. That's right. And then so Mark, you know, takes over the body and she's like, what the hell? And he's like, are you involved? And he's like, yes. Well, sort of, but he's trying to say, let's talk about it later. Oh, please. Yes. Marriage counseling 101. Let's talk about it later. Let's not do it now. Well, I don't know about that. I mean, Uh, maybe you shouldn't talk it. Maybe you shouldn't get married. But that's the best way to not get divorced is not to get married. That's true. 100% of people who don't get married don't get divorced. Best way to avoid divorce. Anyway, uh, so... um, so yeah, and and so so then you know after much pushing, Mark relents and like is basically like, okay, look, we have these guys with guns coming down on us, but I'll just stand still with you and tell you about what's happening here, which is, oh yeah, um, so I wasn't involved with the death of your father, but there was this partner of mine and. We were, you know, part of this group and apparently he got greedy and decided to kill everyone. And he even shot at me and I was supposed to die. Yeah. Okay. So that's how Mark Spector became the Moon Knight is that he didn't try to kill Layla's father himself, but he did lead this man to Layla's father who then killed him. Now, I'm kind of suspicious. Does he mean that he led one other person to the site 
or was the person a lot closer to Mark? I don't know, him? but like, look, I mean, Mark Spector is like a professional. I don't know. Killer. It's kind of like so. It's kind of like maybe there's a third personality that may have had murderous intent. Could be okay. Could be. That's a good point. We yeah. will see, but we don't know that yet. Anyway, what happens is that then Arthur Harrow and all of his Amit believers come in, and now they've got guns, and then Harrow says to Mark, you should totally join my groovy Amit cult. Yeah, that's right. Can't you left you? So that means that you're free like me, man. So make the right choice. We and have so, good vegan food. And so Mark is like, Jokes on you, I'm not vegan. This personality is not vegan. And so he waves his stick around, hits a bunch of people. Not a stick, it's like an axe. And man. then he's he, chopping people with a gold axe. Anyway. Who's the bad guy? Mark chopping people with an ancient Egyptian axe. He is both doing murder and he is totally being inappropriate with an ancient archaeological artifact. That okay. thing could have taught us so much about the ancient lives of Egyptians. But now we'll never know. Okay. And then Harrow does the thing that's to uh, Stephen, which is not supposed to happen to any actual Marvel heroes. He shoots and... The bullet hits its mark. No, okay, twice. so Harrow shoots Mark twice in the chest. Not like, oh, it's by the side, in my shoulder. Or like, talking... oh, he grazed me, and it's like, I don't no, know, no. man, you're, you're a really bad shot. He actually shot him. Twice. Just bang, few seconds, oh, you're not dead, bang. bang. And it's like, I'm sorry, I can't save people who can't save themselves. And that's like really dickish. She could have just tied him up. Well, that, that's not the... Maybe, maybe it's something else. So here's the thing that's weird. You think episode's over. We're going to cut to the credits exactly. now. Exactly. Like, oh no, oh no. What happens next, Peter? Well, Jonathan, uh, he sort of sinks into this sort of void and then we sort of close into like a... This sort of weird, like, maybe 80s, 90s uh, archaeological sort of Indiana Jones-ish uh, scene where in a uh, movie. Stephen Grant yeah. is a character in it. Uh, and then we zoom out of that and it turns out that that was on the TV in this, like, white psych ward where we get to see people like the um, stat living statue guy, uh, Stephen's boss... And other people. Really? She was there? Yes, she was. She she was at a table. The uh, the, the 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 blonde woman, and then oh, the one who was really mean in yep. with the gift shop stuff. Yes, and then like there there were cupcakes, kind of a reference to the cupcake. Uh, oh, the van. cupcake van. Yeah, that's right. And so then you know, uh, it seems like someone's being directed around, and then it's like, okay, your favorite spot, and then he's put in front of a fish tank. Where the goldfish is. Oh, oh, I did not see that. But oh, okay, hold on a second. We got to slow this down and explain this very clearly. That okay, if you've ever watched the movie music and lyrics, okay, the way that that hospital appears is kind of like what this 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 place looks like. It looks like a hospital, but it's not like a realistic hospital. It's like a Everything's white very and beige, strange. very kind of like pop goes 
uh, my heart. If, um, if anyone knows what he's talking hospital. about, it's the music and lyrics movie with uh, John Hurt and uh, not John Hurt. It's um, what's it? Hugh Grant. Hugh Grant. John my Hurt bad. was the word. Wrong doctor. British man. Okay. Yeah. Hugh Grant and. Uh, the start of that movie is this very cheesy, like, oh, stereotypically yes. 80s, pop goes my heart. I thought thing. that I was going to lose my head, but then pop goes my heart. Pop goes my heart. Yes. And I just can't let you go. Oh, we're not going to have to pay copyright fees just for doing We didn't thing. sing enough lyrics. Too we bad. Didn't. It was totally legit. Anyway, okay. that was not a sponsorship. But yeah. um, the point is, it looks like the hospital in that, which is totally artificial, kind of 90s, cheesy hospital. and But it's like a psych ward. Yeah. Like a, like psychiatric is what I'm mm -hmm. saying. And it's like all the people there are asking crazy acting crazy. It's like one flew over the cuckoo's nest. Exactly. And the guy who was the fake cop who was just embalmed on the table shows up again and he's like a an orderly or a nurse who's exactly. now telling Mark, Hey, get back in your wheelchair and you're on your meds. Yeah. And guess what? You know how um, Mark slash Stephen was strapping himself into bed. Well, now he's strapped into a wheelchair in exactly the exactly. same way. And the freaky thing is, uh, Mark, you yeah. know, he looks at his reflection, but he's not seeing someone else. He's not seeing Stephen there. So he's like, Stephen, Stephen, where are you? And it's like, huh, you keep on telling yourself how you'd like to be alone, yet you seem to be freaking out when you don't see anyone else there. Yeah, he kind of needs that Stephen. He kind of needs it. I think they both need each other. Okay, but this is the thing, is that he was just shot twice in the chest, and now he's in a psych ward? How does that work? And everything that we see is like a reference, a version of all the stuff that we've seen in the rest of the series. Including Layla. Who is who? Like won a game of bingo for him. It's very interesting. Yeah, and she's a little bit wacky. She's bingo obsessed. You know what? This this is kind of like one flew over the cuckoo's nest, for sure. Um, but it's also like this um, inspired by this TV show's last episode from the nineteen eighties. It was it was a hospital drama with a bunch of doctors Tell called me. Saint Elsewhere, and in the very last episode of the very last season and this was a show that was on for several years um they they said well guess what this entire show was actually just a fantasy inside the head of a little boy what yeah the whole thing with doctors and patients and, yeah yeah so it, yeah that's you what start this to question like. this thing of like okay where are you where are we is this inside mark's head is this the reality it's like and, and and it's such a whiplash from like the Indiana Jones like Tomb Raider setting that we have where it's like yep. it seems like we started another episode entirely. Oh yeah. And guess who shows up? Who shows up? With bad teeth. Arthur Harrow. <gasps> Only his hair is not long anymore and groovy. And he's sitting behind a desk and and what what is his relationship to Mark? Well, apparently, in this version of events, he's like the psych ward uh, manager. And he's talking to Mark, and he's like, oh, I, I understand you. 
you know, this this whole thing is kind of weird. And then he talks like about weird stuff like, hey, you know, this world is not built by reality. It's built by psyche. Like this pen here, to me, it's a writing utensil. To a dog, it's a chew toy. Neither of those are wrong, but it depends on the context. And I'm wondering if that's like the writers talking to us. Like, hey, is that hinting that this is like in Mark's head or something? Or in mm. some sort of afterlife? I don't know. Or maybe it's like, well, this could be real or the other version of things could be real. Okay. So, yeah, he's kind of saying the the psychologist or psychiatrist... Psychiatrist guy. Who, yeah, he's kind of saying to Mark, you know, what is real depends on your perspective and everything is relative anyway. So come on, let's try to be healthy about this, like emotionally, you know. And then and then Stephen mumbles, you shot me. And then, he, yeah. and then Harrow, as the psychiatrist says, yes, I did sedate you, but th that will wear off soon. And... Um, you know, it was for your own good so you could calm down. But then he, like, sees stuff like, like in, in the reflection, he sees Harrow's shoes, and then all of a sudden things start to break down as there, there are columns that start appearing in the office. Oh, and is then, that what like, happened? Like, a, a Egyptian, like, jars with, like, Egyptian god heads on them, and it's like, no, this is not right. And it's like, I'm remembering stuff, and this is not right. So, so, so he tries to get out of the chair, and he, like tries to break through the door uh two two people like the two cops uh try and grab him but he like breaks free and then he runs into the hospital uh where like there are these swinging egyptian gar like um lanterns it's like super weird and then he yeah. he, he he gets into a room and you know the the two cops they run past him and then he turns around because he hears a noise and someone is banging from inside a coffin. Inside a sarcophagus. A sarcophagus. An Egyptian sarcophagus that just so happens to be there in this room in a hospital. So something is That's off. not right. But who is calling? Well, he opens the sarcophagus and in it is Stephen. But only like in his own body. They both look alike. Wait a minute. But they're two different people. Same physically. Actor. They're now Stephen and Mark are two separate physical beings. Yes. And they're talking to each other. Hollywood has found a way to cut up like earthworms to cut up actors so that each separate piece would become a clone and they wow. could film them in the same the set. The magic of green screen. I am okay. impressed. Now, Peter, you've, you've had this theory for a few episodes yeah. now that there is actually a third personality within Mark and Steven. Well, this seems to be hinted at with as, uh, as they uh, pass by a room, there's this red sarcophagus, very menacing. And then there's this very hard beating, like boom, boom, boom. They don't even go. They don't even touch that part. Why? Why, when Mark opened up the first sarcophagus to let Stephen out, why don't they want to open up this other one? One would think that there is this third identity within that other sarcophagus, right? It seems like the writers are hinting that whatever that third part of them is, it's very dangerous. All right. So now we're getting to the really wacky part. Because okay. this is all just this is weird and everything, but it's kind of like, you know, a break to talk to our commercial sponsors compared to what happens next. 
they are running down the, 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 the hallways of this psychiatric ward in the hospital. And then all of a sudden, who pops up? But like this hippo, this like hippo goddess and like religious attire and everything. Yeah. And she just pauses and then she's like, hello. And then Mark and Steven just scream. And then that is the end of the episode. Now, it just so happens to turn out that, yes, there is a hippo headed goddess of childbirth and fertility. And that is what I think we're seeing. But she's also sort of like regeneration and rebirth as well. So it's possible. It's possible she could be linked to uh, Mark and Stephen coming back. But we don't know. It's just very weird. Okay. So let's explore this in terms of what's good and what's bad. Okay. Because Harrow said, I can't help you if you don't want to help yourself. But he's. I think Harrow is really trying to help Mark. He has shown concern for him and his his psychological troubles. And now he's shot him and sent him to this place where he can get therapy and talk through his issues and everything. Right? So could that be just what's going on? Could it be that the the, the gun in Harrow's hand was metaphorical? Like the shot that 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 breaks you free from your um, delusional attachments could be could be could be so that Harrow was mind controlled by the psychic bellows of the goldfish from within the toilet system in London he's just speaking out to them and he's like yes shoot Stephen send him to the afterlife world I will watch him from the tank in despair that goldfish is the master yes he is he is but then there's this stupid hippo that's taking him from his grasp and he's like no I'm the one animal in Stephen's life okay but seriously in ancient Egyptian mythology there was this whole thing about Osiris being connected with the fish Right? And in fact, Christians out there, I got to tell you, that's where this whole fish symbol of divinity came from. It doesn't have to do with fishes and loaves and Jesus and stuff. That's really where it came from. When you put that little bumper sticker on your car, you're actually doing ancient Egyptian Osiris worship. Yep. Hey, you know, different strokes, different folks. Yes. So. Um, But yes, another thing about Osiris is that he kind of goes through... Uh, you know, dying by a malevolent hand and then being rebirthed. Yeah, cut apart and reborn. And this this is a large part of Egyptian mythology and it seems like this is going to be, you know, for maybe the first real time or, you know, second time, like depending on if Khonshu really just picked up Mark when, when he was close to dying. Yeah. But now that Mark is pretty much dead this is like his own journey into the afterlife thing is will he come back it's the journey inside it's psychological and in egyptian mythology the crocodile headed god was there to say look do you have potential enough to go forward and go for another life you know in 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 the next time around or the next world there was totally going to be this idea of death is not final so yeah you're killing people who didn't work out but hey, it's not like they're going away. So I think 
the whole thing of approaching this from our current modern perspective of good and evil is just not working out when you have hippo goddesses. All right. But we'll see how things go next episode. Okay. Well, what do you think is going to happen the next episode? I think they may run into Amit, uh, perhaps, in her ethereal form. Or they may try and find some, like, weird way to get in contact with Kanju or something. Or they can erupt from Mount Everest and find themselves in some weird sort of cosmic... I, I have no idea because anything that I predicted for the show has not exactly come to fruition. Yeah. I'm very bad at prediction. Yeah, if you go straight from Egyptian uh, ancient tomb with embalming monsters to a psychiatric ward, I think anything could happen. Maybe they're in space. And the year is 2062... And they um, they could have like a Gardens of the Galaxy, uh, you know, crossover. It's a video game. All of it is just a video game. Oh my god! Yeah. But see, this this is the level of shock that we were both in. Just coming into this, it's just wow. Yeah, wow. You know what I appreciate about this is that it's totally getting past all of the really tired old superhero. Bam, bam, bam. I have a fist fight with my enemy. Bam, bam, bam. Oh, I have superpowers. It definitely Vengeance. is interesting. Uh, I appreciate it uh, keeping us on our toes. Absolutely on our toes. Moon Knight is not the Marvel equivalent of Batman. This is totally mm. more creative than that. I'm just wondering, will they keep Moon Knight to the series or will they try and introduce him in the films? Well, we don't know. I think it depends on how well this does. I mean, if it does really well, they they, they just got to do stuff That's with true. it. So anyway, we're going to find out. This was episode four out of six, which means we have just two to go. And so That's we are, right. we are two approaching left. a moment of epic decisions. Um, catch us next week. On which the is gonna, morning after. The morning after Moon Knight. Because this po- podcast is named what? Moon Knight, the the morning morning after. after. Ooh, yeah. We are so good. Thank you for listening all the way to the end. I'm going to say one more thing. Baloney. Okay, there, I said it. Got that off my chest. Okay, bye. (laughs) Bye.